traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hello. Yeah, here we are. So, uh... Don't believe it when your good friends and some of my good friends have said, oh, Trump, I don't know, getting a little boring, needs to mix it up. I got There are people I love and respect who are telling me that that uh, speech the other night, oh, I don't know, so a couple of people got bored in the background. Look, issues of national security, our national prestige, our survival, our borders, ensuring that we have a country, you know, it doesn't all have to be entertaining all the time. Uh, that rally, by the way, was fantastic. There was momentum. There was clarity. There was uh, there was discipline. Yes, I find it amusing at times. He cracks a joke here and there like no other president would. No other president, no other ex-president. It's entertaining, but it's also very, very vital. And if, oh, by the way, anybody gets a little bit bored of all this stuff, well, it's a Saturday night, another rally. I mean, really, Um you may not get it, but I'm telling you that people do. For him to go on a Saturday night, three years before the election, if he runs again, this guy could be anywhere in the world, and he chooses to go to suburban Houston, Texas, on a freezing cold night for two hours with a bunch of people, regular people, ordinary people, uh, people who are the future of this country. Regular and ordinary to a point. Also, these are the folks. These are the people. If you really are serious about our country, you want to spend time with the people. Not Hillary. Not Joe Biden. Look at how they look at how they campaign. They they have a disdain for people. They don't like people. That's another thing of that Trump has upset the whole apple cart. He likes people, and he obviously thrives on being around them. It's, that happened in 2016. I remember all the reporters rolling their eyes. Oh, gosh, look at this. And they are the ones. They're the first ones who get bored of the speech. The elite media sometimes. Hey, even regular folks can get bored, too. But the elite media, the MSNBC crowd, the CNN crowd, you know, they go with the candidate from place to place to place, and they start rolling their eyes at the speech. And they're like, well, let's see if we can write about something else, because only schmucks write about the speech. Only chumps write about the speech. Let's find out if uh, the deputy campaign manager is uh, having an affair with the deputy communications director. Let's find out if uh, the chief speechwriter feels threatened by the new deputy chief of staff. All that crap. That, by the way, every organ, they'll, they'll justify it. They'll just, well, if he can't run a campaign, then well, who's to say if he can run the country? Now, that's a ridiculous, uh, there's no line through that, but... That's how they justify it, because what they specialize in is petty, nonsense, crap. Anyway, all that to say, I thought the rally was spectacular. I really do. And um, and this is a totally valid statement. Can we play that about the pardons and about January 6th, please? Go ahead. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. 
we will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. Good for him. Good for him. And of course, this really got the goat of the mainstream media, the fake news. Even some rhinos were really upset. Uh, Lindsey Graham thought it was wildly inappropriate. And let's see, it's the CNN crowd, of course. But boy, well, how about that Lindsey Graham, huh? Hey, we have Lindsey Graham getting uh, all worked up about this. He was on uh, Face the Nation. What did Rush call it? Deface the Nation. And he's upset and worried. What, is, what signal this sends? I think it's beautiful that you pardon those guys. Think about it. A lot of people went to jail who didn't hurt anybody and who didn't break anything. Like the horns guy. The horns guy. Remember him? You you try to show me evidence that he hurt anybody or b- broke anything. I'd like the January 6th committee to look into the treatment of him, the unfair treatment. I'd like him to look them to look into the cops. How about the little cop who waved everybody in? The cops who stood on either side of the entrance, allowing people to come in? The three cops who walked away from the door just before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Let's talk to them. Absolutely, pardons are in order. This is the most, I heard somebody say yesterday, the January 6th investigation is the largest criminal investigation in the history of the country. Well, if that's true... Well, what the hell does that say about us? Geez, somehow I thought 9-11 was bigger. I thought that would have sucked up more resources. No, January 6th is the largest criminal investigation in the history of this country. Hmm. What about the Oklahoma City bombing? Hmm, maybe that was, uh, that was more complex. What about the downing of Flight 800? Anybody remember that? The TWA flight that just exploded off the coast of Long Island? Eight minutes after taking off from JFK. Those cases were bigger, more complex, and obviously more deadly. But no, we're going to pretend that January 6th was the gravest threat to American democracy since uh, since the Civil War. I don't like it. I don't like it when people lie, and I don't like it when the liars kind of dominate and shape the overall conversation, and that's what they've done. They have actually laid a guilt trip on people who should not feel guilty about anything. Anything. The moment you mention January 6th, a lot of people get very young. It's kind of like race. The The moment a person of color or the moment a white person who's liberal starts talking about race, most normal people shut up, all right? Because it's an uncomfortable issue. People don't want to go there. So what do you do? You you kind of surrender, and you let the far left, be they white, black, Asian, Hispanic, white, whatever. And by the way, most liberals, most, most liberals are white. Uh, that's actually true. Um, and... The African-American community, the values, are a lot more conservative than we've been led to believe. And if you've got questions about that, just talk to President Pete Buttigieg. Oh, wait a second. No. Try to find out why they didn't like him in South Carolina. Uh, yes, his lifestyle, but also his uh, crazy uh, political agenda. 
I have no beef with, uh, I don't particularly find uh, the lifestyle anything. I don't find it, uh, I don't find it qualifying or disqualifying. It's his lifestyle. But a lot of people told us on the left that that was what made him so good. That's what made him so interesting to the fake news. And boy, oh boy, are they fake, huh? How many articles do they write about Pete Buttigieg being gay? A hell of a lot more articles than they wrote about him skipping three months of work. That's pretty wild. Hey, what the hell's the deal with Joe Rogan? Uh, are they? I'm getting the sense that Spotify is going to cave. Now, Joe Rogan, I've, I've listened to his show maybe six, seven times. I actually like it. He's he's genuinely curious about the world, which, believe it or not, is very, very rare in broadcasters. They don't really care much about anything other than themselves. And this guy has an amazingly curious mind. The only person I know as curious as him, well, he's dead, but Larry King. Larry King, very curious guy. And that actually is a talent. Anyway, Joe Rogan has a great show. Uh, people love him, but a lot of people hate him. Now, you you may have heard, oh, gosh, it's uh, misinformation about the COVID situation. Well, do you know America, it's, a, it's okay to get a second opinion? We're allowed to go get a second opinion. I saw the Marcus Welby show, Dr. Marcus Welby. You could go out and get a second opinion. I also saw that on Emergency. I think I even saw that on, what was that show that George Clooney was on that everybody liked? Can't even think of the name of it. ER. Any medical show, you can get a second opinion. What do you think, doctor? One third of the time, a second opinion will not concur with the first opinion. How about that? Hey, you know who I heard that from? Dr. Oz, Dr. Memon Oz, who's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. Now, some of you, some of you may have been fooled by... So-called MAGA people dissing Dr. Raz online. Well, don't be fooled. These are folks who are working for the swamp. Dr. Raz is an outsider, okay? He comes from the same world. He's the same kind of candidate. He has so much in common with Trump, all right? He's not the authorized Republican candidate. That would be some guy named McCormick who seems to be tripping all over himself to make another deal with China. I am not impressed with this guy at all. And don't tell me he was in the military. Good for him. That doesn't mean you get elected. I am a little bit sick of people holding up military credentials and saying that you can't question me. I served. Well, guess what? You were paid while you served and you volunteered. So did I, by the way. Am I proud of my service? Yes. Do I say, I served, make me a congressman? No. Do I say, I served, give me a TV show? No. What did I do? I went off to uh, the sticks, quite frankly. I love the sticks. I spent half my life in the sticks. I've lived in Yuma, Arizona, Meridian, Mississippi, Binghamton, New York, uh, Milton, Florida, a suburb of Pensacola, and about 20 other places. I love small-town America. Uh... I went up there, I went up to Binghamton to figure out how to do this. And I didn't say, give me a show, I was in the military. There's a lot of that going on right now, and it's not good for anybody, especially the folks who served. 
a little bit too much of me, 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 me. What's in it for me? You know, sooner or later, the party's going to stop. All right, more on that later. I like Dr. Oz for the Senate there. He is, don't believe the fake news, all right? The nasty political reporters, the political press, all of them. It's all noise. You should see the crowds that Dr. Raz is getting out there, by the way. Okay, listen, i got to take a quick break. I shall return. What's our number here? 800-848-9222. This is The Greg Kelly Show. I got a haircut yesterday. The barbershop was open on a Sunday. Snowy in New York. Uh, I was the only one there. I love getting my haircut. It's just a very relaxing sensation. I enjoy it. I try to put my phone away when I do that. You ever notice how miserable people look when they're looking at their phones? Nobody looks happy. No one's like, ha, ha, no one's joyous when they're looking at their phone. They're just kind of on autopilot. They're numb. I'm talking about myself. I mean, I can sit there. I can I can blow a total. I can blow the weekend scrolling through Instagram. And by the way, I I deleted Instagram from my phone. Uh, an hour later, I put it back. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do it again. Here you go. Wait, delete the app. Goodbye, Instagram. I don't need to be seeing that stuff all the time. And the weirdest thing is, I don't like this stuff. How does it know I'm intrigued by these things? I like I like nice watches. I see nice watches all day long. It just shows me, oh wow, that's a beautiful watch. Oh my god, that's another beautiful watch. I like to watch uh, airplanes. It shows me all kinds of cool airplanes. Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes I like to see a pretty girl, and it shows me a lot of pretty girls. And um, speaking of which, pretty girls. I'm not sure Instagram is good for you either. Um, and what they really love to do, there's this one Instagram thing called the trillionaire life. The trillionaire life. And it looks like, you know, they get on private jets, they go to resorts, then it's back to some uh, penthouse, and then it's to a resort, and then it's to a mansion. And usually it's just some very, excuse me, hot woman, all of 22, walking around. And I think to myself, I don't know, a couple of things. I have actually been a couple of times in my life in those in those spectacular houses, in those in those places. I was at 432 Park Avenue once. 432 is one of those super crazy tall buildings, residential. It's like $50 million for an apartment. You look down and you see the Empire State Building. The State Building, the Empire State Building, is shorter than 432 Park Avenue. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. So I'm in there and I look at the view for about five minutes, and then uh, you you ooh and ah and ooh and ah for maybe ten minutes, and then you settle down, and then hmm, what's to eat? And then okay, you had something to eat, and then you're on your phone. All this stuff doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. All anybody wants to do is be on their phone and. Uh, Warren Buffett actually said that this stuff does not matter. The more you have, the more trouble it is half the time. Anyway, back to the Instagram thing. I just worry, quite frankly, about some of these beautiful people on Instagram, men and women, who um, don't seem to be developing much in the way of skill. You can't really 
become all you're intended to be if you sit around looking at yourself in the mirror all day long. And that's what half of Instagram is, people posting dopey selfies of themselves. It's just, and you know who's the worst? Reporters, journalists. They're always looking at themselves and look at me, look at all this, look at this, look at me, look at how important I am. No, you're just a person with a phone. And as far as journalists, you literally have no expertise, none, zero. You don't. And the idea that they're coming after Joe Rogan now, and the big reason, I think, is because they're jealous. He got $100 million from uh, from what? Spotify, which I don't understand, by the way. I usually watch him on YouTube. But can I still watch him on YouTube? All of his old interviews are still up. I told you, I'm not, I don't like, I've seen less than 10 or heard less than 10 of his shows. But if he get if he goes down, that's chilling for ordinary folks, regular people who are not making $100 million. Hey, by the way, that cop, the funeral, Jason Rivera, will have another funeral for Detective Mora this week. Some people said some really disgusting things about that funeral, horrible things that should not have been said. But I still believe in America you have a right to say it, even if it's offensive and wrong. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You know, there's a congressman in Texas. He's a Democrat. And he's been very critical of Kamala Harris. He wrote her a nasty letter. He says, come on, are you serious about the border? And guess what he's going through right now? An FBI investigation. His name is uh, Quellar. Quayar Quellar. And they found somebody to primary him, and they also have the FBI hassling him. Hmm. You mess with the Biden administration, they will play old-school politics. I am convinced. You know why? Because this is how it was done when Joe Biden was growing up. Growing up as a 29-year-old senator-elect in Delaware. It was 1972. It was before Watergate. And guess what? People did this kind of crap all the time. You know, I love Nixon, but Nixon was not above using the FBI for political purposes. We all know that. Okay. Um, The rules were different. A lot of the rules didn't exist. But, you know, you're formed. You only do so much growing. A lot of people stop growing. I like to keep growing. I hope I am. I think I am. I try to. Joe Biden had it made in the shade at the age of 29, a United States senator. Why bother reading? Why bother adapting? Why bother listening? I'm a big shot. I'm a I'm a senator from a puny state right next to D.C. I'm going to be president someday. This is great. Yeah. Oh, the FBI. Yeah, I'll sick them on you. That's what they used to do. And that's what they're doing, I believe. And we all know they play games with the IRS. Remember Barack Obama? Yeah. And all those conservative groups, the Tea Party? Yep. That's what they did. And uh, where did they get that idea? Maybe from Joe. That's stuff right out of the Nixon administration. Oh, by the way, it's not just Nixon. It was Johnson. It was Kennedy. It was Eisenhower. It was FDR. It just goes way back. They use these things for their political ends. Then we cleaned up. That's appropriate. Uh, 
anyway, woo, good luck for that to that guy. They found a female Latina to run against him, and he's in trouble. He never should have written that letter to Kamala Harris saying, come down and take care of the border, you dummy. Well, the dummy part, that's from me. All right, and, and, and Trump was in Texas, and I thought he was great. Let's see here. Here he is laying it on uh, Joe Biden pretty good. Cut three. Oh, listen to this. Biden? No, 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 no. What, what? That didn't sound like Joe Biden, did it? Or uh, Donald Trump, did it? So Donald Trump, cut three. With Biden and the radical left, it's always America last. And that's what they do. You look at these horrible deals they make throughout the world. Everyone in Washington is obsessing over how to protect Ukraine's border. But the most important border in the world right now for us is not Ukraine's border. It's America's border. And we do nothing about it. But let people come in and we have no idea who they are. The first duty of the American president is to defend the American border. Before our leaders talk about invasions of other countries, they need to stop the invasion of this country. You know, we had the safest border, the strongest border that we've ever had just one year ago. And before Joe Biden send any troops to defend a border in Eastern Europe, he should be sending troops to defend our border right here in Texas. I can't, who can argue with that? What I saw Saturday night, and I watched it live, and it's important to watch these things, folks. The mainstream media ain't talking about them. Fox News ain't talking about them. Newsmax, by the way, carried it live, and that's where I watched it. I watched it on my uh, on my app, my little app. You download an app. I used to not like to download apps. Now I download them all the time, and I deleted an app, the Instagram. Anyway, I watched the speech live. I thought it had great energy, great momentum, and great substance. And this, I think, might have been my favorite part about pardoning the January 6th people. One more time on this, please, because it's important. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. Now, who could have a problem with that? If you watch my show on Newsmax... You know that people have been locked up, placed in solitary confinement for minor and or non-existent infractions. Okay? Minor or not. uh, Now, minor, I'm going to say the, uh, what was his name? Billy Bob, uh, uh, Big O, the guy who put his feet up on Nancy's desk. I, I have seen no evidence that he broke in there. Have you? I've also seen no evidence that the horns guy broke in there. Have you? Because it doesn't exist. I think these guys, quite frankly, some of them, well, some of them have had great lawyers. These guys, I think, uh, what's his name? It's pretty good. He's from New Jersey. I'll get back to you on his name. He's good. Some of the others, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so the swamp is totally horrified by what Donald Trump said. Cut four, please. I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything that would make this more likely in the future. And just let me finish my thought here. When Kamala Harris and her 
uh, associates and the people that worked for her, her staffers, raised money to bail out the rioters who uh, hit cops in the head and burned down stores. I didn't like that either. So I don't want to do anything from raising bail to pardoning people who take the law in their own hands because it will make more violence more likely. I want to deter people who did what the, on yes. January the 6th. And those who did it, I hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them because they deserve it. Yeah, they deserve it. Well, shut up, Lindsey Graham. You don't know what you're talking about. You're still playing footsie with the swamp. I can see it a mile away. Wow. Talk about a guy who just <laughs> changes his tune. Now, yeah, there is uh has he been beating the drum about all those uh all those rioters from the Black Lives Matter summer? No. He only brings them up when they bring up January Sixers. You can just talk about January Sixers by themselves. They've been treated unfairly. Many of them deserve. Hey, don't they deserve to be treated fairly? Before he said the pardon, I think Donald Trump just said they should be treated fairly, right? One more time. Trump won. Go ahead. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons. Because they are being treated so unfairly. Wow. So the swamp, Lindsey Graham, has a problem with them being treated fairly. And if it requires pardons, we'll give them pardons. What a snake. I don't have to play you all the fake news. I mean, they literally were having, they were hyperventilating about that. I think it's beautiful. He's obviously running. It's going to be great. What do you guys think? Uh, Ron is in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Hello. Hey, Ron, are you there? You guys, you guys, uh, yeah. Christine in Manhattan. Hello. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have some happy news for you. I have an article here that, that shows me that it's possible for a man to get pregnant. And, uh, isn't that great? It says, uh, in 2014, the birth of a baby, this was to a mother with a transplanted uterus. So if you're a transsexual and you have a vagina, they can furnish you with a uterus, create the baby in a test tube, and you can become a mother. Uh, If you want to know, I got this from AARP's magazine. Christine, 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 I can't tell. I can't can't tell if you're delighted or if you're laughing at the magazine. I don't know if I should laugh at you or with you. Are you, is this I'm a- laughing because the whole idea is ridiculous and it's frightening because they mention in here, here's a quote from the article, we have to recognize the economic value of the creation of the next generation. So what are they saying? That, that, that humans now, Americans, are going to be created genetically and tested? Hey, hold on. Did you say this is an AARP? Yes. The Associated uh, American Retirement People, whatever, right? AARP? Yes, yes. It's a recent edition. And now, wait a second. What's the headline? Uh, AARP Special Report. Uh, her story exclusive, The Day Motherhood Changed Forever, The Science That Shook Our World, page 58. Uh, and it's about, just read the first paragraph, please. Let me turn the page here. Page 58, if you're looking. I'm looking, I know. Uh, I own a sterling silver necklace, yada, yada, yada. Uh, My necklace has become a reminder of all the people I've met because of my unique birth, where they were struggling to create a family or succeeding. 
They also have a roster across two pages of fertility All right, so wait a second. This guy's a test tube baby, right? It's a woman who's a test tube baby, but it's about test tube infants. That's the wave of the future. We have to recognize the economic value of the creation of the next generation in Israel, where infertile, in vitro fertilization is provided for free as part of the... Hey, in vitro fertilization is terrific. It works. But uh, if you start inserting them into men, biological men, that's obviously a nightmare. That's obviously science fiction. And... Uh, that's obviously uh, pretty weird. I'm surprised that AARP, which I thought was pretty conservative, is going there, you know? Oh, it's it's going to hell. AARP, they had a big article praising Indira Nooyi, the big Bilderberger from Coca-Cola in here the other day. Who? All right. Anyway, Christine. Nooyi. Yeah, no. Of She's co- a Bilderberger. Yeah, right, of course, yes. Christine, thank you. I'm going to check that out. AARP. All right, we got Ron back on the phone from Elizabeth. Hello. Hello, Mr. Kelly. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Just wanted to talk about Ashley Babbitt. Mm. The the Statue of Limitations in the District of Columbia are very, uh, states for the utilization of lethal force by a law law enforcement officer. You have to believe that you are in imminent danger of bodily harm or someone else you're protecting from imminent bodily harm. She went through the window and before she hit the floor, she was assassinated. She didn't have a weapon. She didn't pose a threat to anybody. Why couldn't the cop just, if I was there, I probably would have just cuffed her. You're absolutely right. No, no. I love it when Adam Kinzinger says, well, she did not comply. You know, in America, you're not supposed to, but people blow off cops all the time, and the sentence is not death. You're not allowed to shoot. You write the key point there, imminent threat of death. Now, according to the George Floyd a criminal justice bill that they're all anxious to push down our throats, uh, Officer Byrd there, Lieutenant Byrd, would be in violation of that. He's in violation of any basic rules about shooting people. She was not posing a threat. He didn't even know if she had a gun or not. You don't say, I, she might have a gun, I'm going to shoot. He even admitted that. He did not know. It wasn't like, uh, I thought she had a gun, but I was wrong. He said he did not know. So it's t- were you a cop or anything like that, Ron? Yes, I'm a retired cop from Newark, New Jersey, and we wouldn't have conducted ourselves like that. These people aren't cops. They're like armed security guards. Who can't, no disrespect to them, but they're not really cops who've been in the street chasing homicide, people, armed robberies, you know, all that kind of stuff, shootings. They don't know. De-escalation is the key. Pointing a weapon at someone is that you put you in an aggressive situation. That's not the way to go. That's why cops get in a lot of trouble today. Well, you got to look at the video again, and I'll I'll put it up on my Twitter. I'll try to. Uh, okay. Three cops walking away just before she got shot. It's the weirdest thing. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I'm one of the only people in the country that's been highlighting this. We all love cops, but the cops on Capitol Hill failed big time that day. Ron, thank you. Be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of jerks sounded off online on social media about uh, the police funeral the other day. You know, it's one thing to gripe about a traffic jam, but then they went further. They were like, "Oh gosh, you know, I can't get to where I need to go because of this funeral." And then the cops—they're terrible. They shoot people. This guy, this uh, Rivera guy, he was no good. I mean, they said stuff like this. 
Uh, this one actress, she lost her job. Another guy, I hope they arrest him. He is like, oh, man, I should have been there. I would have shot up the joint. And then another guy, a Brooklyn teacher, says, hmm, that would have been perfect to take my car and drive them all over like the cops did in 2020. Now, the cops didn't do that in 2020, by the way, you dummy. Anyway, uh, that teacher might be in trouble because he's a public employee. The maniac who said uh, he wants to shoot it up, well, he's just a maniac, and he said horrible maniac-type things before. You know, the actress, uh, I don't think she was actually a big-time actress. She's like community theater territory. Do we have what she said? She said some uh, not nice things. The theater company turns around and says, we find her comments reprehensible and she is no longer here. Well, I find them reprehensible as well. But I do wonder sometimes that, uh, well, look, cancel culture could come for you. If you say the wrong thing, if you say something uh, out of line, whatever happened to uh, correction, learning, instruction, forgiveness, shame? Yeah, people can feel shame, uh, but... Shame to a certain end, right? There can be there can be greater understanding. There can be a turnaround. Look, I don't think they should have fired the girl. I just don't think that. I don't want even people I totally disagree with. Fire the girl if she's a bad actress. Fire the girl if she was giving the boss a hard time. Fire the girl if she was coming in late. But don't fire the girl if she's saying noxious things about stuff that has nothing to do with her job, for the most part. I, I feel like that's uh, that would be good all around. I cannot like her. I could call her names on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and that's my right. That's your right, too. And by the way, it's their right to say things about us. It's all okay. I actually love it when people criticize me online, believe it or not. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are very, very insightful. They're wrong, but they're insightful. <laughs> uh, some of them are not that wrong, actually, but it's all good stuff. If you want to go online, you know, it's like that Monty Python skit where the guy goes to have an argument in the argument office, and they, they say, well, you can't have that here. That's on the second floor. But the second floor sent me here. No. <laughs> anyway, if you go to the argument office to have an argument, get ready for an argument. That's kind of what it's about, testing your ideas. Maybe a few laughs, but now three people are getting the X because of uh, things they said, words they used, and I don't like it. I don't like it when conservatives get canceled. I don't like it when Joe Rogan gets canceled or threatened with cancellation. Now, it's easy for me to not like that because I like Joe Rogan and I like what he stands for and I like conservatives and I like what they stand for and I want to stick up for them and I agree with them and I don't want to be canceled. If you're going to do that, you got to stick up for the folks on the left, people who say things you don't like, people you disagree with fundamentally. I think they should be um, – I think everybody should be protected. Look, and, and look, you can get fired too. You corporations, a lot of them are really, really scaredy cats. The moment – the moment – Anybody applies heat, they go running. And they usually do it, and they either do it too quick or too slow. You know, uh, what's a big corporation? General Mills. And General Mills has big problems, by the way. <laughs> they still have Frankenberry cereal. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we talked about this. I mean, 
Look at the crap you can buy legally as part of a nutritious breakfast. They still make cookie crisp cereal. Cookie crisp cereal is FDA approved. Yet, I got to watch my ass when I talk about the vaccine. That doesn't seem right. And by the way, and this, by the way, I think the anti-vaxxers should get the hell off my back. I am all for you guys not getting the vaccine if you don't want it. Totally. That is your choice. It's not my business. It's your doctor and you. And that is a secret between you guys. The idea that a maitre d' at Applebee's, they don't exactly have a maitre d' at Applebee's. What do we call that person? Uh, the person at Applebee's can check your papers. Is It's right out of the movies. Let me see your papers. Get the hell out of here. Anyway, I'm sticking up for you guys. Don't give me a hard time for getting the vaccine. That's my business. My wife made me do it, okay? I was on the fence about it, and she nudged me, and fine, whatever. I did it. I'm not telling anybody else to do it. I also am right up front about it. I regretted it after the first thing, the first round of the Pfizer. I was hallucinating. I was seeing things. I was hiding under the bed. I almost called the ambulance. I was a mess. You think I wouldn't get the second dose, but I did, and that was fine. But anyway, it's up to you. Freedom of choice. That's America. This is still America, ma'am. I'll be right back. Steel Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? Yo, yo, Steel. yo. Still doing this, Andre. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yo, yo. Yo, yo, check it out, Snoop. Snoop, yeah, yo. Turn it off. Give me a break. Snoop Dogg is... That was Snoop Dogg. Wow, what a what a model citizen, huh? He'll be performing at the halftime show. The Super Bowl halftime show in two weeks. You know what? I am totally done with football. Absolutely over and done with football. I could care less. I could care less. I didn't watch one moment of it. Well, not one moment. There's so many better things to do with your time, all right, than watch other people make money. And other people, by the way, get exploited. All those people you see on the field, 95% of them are being exploited, by the way, by Roger Goodell, a total sellout weirdo. And uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg is playing. I wonder if Snoop will, uh, will mention all of his hoes. You know, he loves to talk about his hoes. And how they have disappointed him or let him down in some way. Snoop Dogg at the Super Bowl. Is this uh is this is this American? Is this is does this work for you? I think it's uh I think it's pretty pretty damn sick. Snoop Dogg talks about everything that should be that is rotten in America. Criminality, smoking lots of dope, and uh casual sex. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad, too, by the way. It is, actually. And believe me, I know, okay? I'm no angel here. So uh, what's the problem? Oh, management's giving me the eye again. Did I say anything wrong? I'm just quoting Snoop Dogg talking about hoes. 
disrespectful. He's the one being disrespectful of women, not me. And he's the one who's going to perform in front of a billion people in two weeks. Where is the Super Bowl? Where the hell is it? Las Vegas? Just say it in the damn microphone, please. Where is it? It's in L.A. Thank you. L.A. Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, You know a hell of a lot more about football, uh, Mike. Come in when you get a chance. Snoop Dogg. Now, I like this guy. What's his name? Phil Mushnick. He writes for the Post, New York Post, which Donald Trump called the greatest newspaper in the world uh, over the weekend, and I agree. Snoop Dogg performing at Super Bowl halftime show, becoming even worse look by Phil Mushnick. Keeping it real. Let's do it together. Last Saturday during CBS's telecast of the Titans-Bengals playoff game, a commercial for Corona Beer aired starring Snoop Dogg, who, despite countless arrests for guns and drugs, has become a must-have to endorse products. That is pretty amazing. Uh, so what if he luridly degrades women as one of his stocks in trade if he can sell beer? The night before the ad ran, NYPD officer Jason Rivera, 22, was shot dead with an assault rifle while responding to a domestic violence call in East Harlem. His partner, Wilbert Mora, 27, died from his wounds four days later. As I watched that Corona ad, I got to thinking about Snoop Dogg's violently anti-police Pro-crime, vile and vulgar artistry, mindful that Roger Goodell appointed and anointed Snoop Dogg the headliner at this year's Super Bowl halftime show. Perhaps Goodell, also in the interest of keeping it real, would like to rap along with a song by Snoop and J5 Slap entitled Police. Ready, Roger? It goes thusly. Oh, boy, I got to stop. Yikes. Here you go. All you N-words out there, take your guns that you using to shoot each other and start shooting these bitch ass something or other MFN police. That'll impress a MFN uh, like me. That'll impress a MFN N-word like me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I like to have a good time, but, but I'm no prude. But gee, are you crazy? At the halftime show? You know, Snoop always just seemed like a dopey guy walking around. I never paid too much attention to him. Back to the article. Snoop's Super Bowl selection does not just meet with the approval of the NFL and it's all about our fans, Goodell. The halftime show and Snoop's appearance is sponsored with the full, proud commercial and financial support of Pepsi which seems to become the soft drink of hardcore. Shoot. And I was drinking Diet Pepsi because I left Diet Coke after they meddled in the damned Georgia election law. Now Pepsi, too. By the way, soda's terrible for you. It is. I mean, it really is. Anyway, back to the charming uh-huh, song. Ready, Team Pepsi? It's karaoke night. Here we go. Again, I'm reading from Phil Mushnick from the uh, New York Post. He's great. Here goes the song again. Dipping through the city with a Glock in a Range Rove. If you sleeping, probably not with the same hoe. Rock the same clothes, rich N-words do. And rock by same code till I a rich N-word too. 
I be in the club with a stick in my shoe. You call the effing police like a bitch N-word do. Oh. All right. I think we need a, a an intervention with Roger Goodell. Um, on behalf of America, I don't like canceling. <laughs> I'm not saying we cancel. What's his name? But I don't want him at that dumb show. That used to be good. Just a couple of years ago, who the hell was the the who? Remember the who? Those guys look like Cub Scouts next to this. Remember we were all scandalized by Maroon 5? Because the guy took his shirt off? Let's see here. Five NYPD officers have been shot in the first 20 days of this year. And the fellow chosen by the NFL and approved by Goodell to star in this year's halftime produces record records, sells, and profits from artistry advocating streets filled with the blood of cops and threats against those who would help solve the shootings of cops and civilians. More will give this part to NBC's NFL pregame panelist Jack Collinsworth. Sunday after NBC presented a Super Bowl halftime promo narrated by Soup Dog, he said, that was our friend, Snoop. Is that right? He's our friend? Come on up to the mic, Jack. Now, in the name of keeping it real, pick it up with this, the refrain from our friends, Charming Diddy with Master P, Snitches. Snitches, snitches, snitches. N-words be running they mouth just like bitches. Snitches, snitches, snitches. I gots a slug for y'all mother effing snitches. Hey, Corona Beer Marketing Department, your turn. Ready? Snoop Dogg has a video in which he sings a cover version of NWA's F the Police while holding his crotch in a courtroom. It's an easy one. Just repeat after Snoop. F the Police. F the Police. I invite, dare, challenge everyone. Goodell, the NFL PA, the NFL team owners, the executive board at Pepsi and Corona, NBC Sports, Collingsworth, to demonstrate the courage of their convictions to join with Snoop Dogg in any of his dozens of similarly depraved enterprises presented as entertainment. And now, just for added kicks, look up the lurid lyrics of two other Goodell-certified entertainers who will perform at the Super Bowl halftime. Eminem. Now, I kind of like Eminem. <laughs> I, just, I like that one song about Mom's Spaghetti. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's Spaghetti. He's nervous. He's dry and ready. Anyway, that's a long time ago. That's like 20-year-old Eminem. I have no idea what the hell he's up to lately. I, heard, I, I saw that movie, 8 Mile, and I liked it. But if he's preaching violence, too, I'm giving him the Snoop Dogg treatment. Again, this is from, uh, let me get his name again, just make sure I'm saying it right. Phil Mushnick in the New York Post, brilliant writer. And this is good stuff. I mean, it's great that he's bringing it to uh, the attention. But you know what? I haven't heard a lot of controversy about Snoop Dogg getting this assignment. Have you, Mike DiDino? Not yet, but like I said before, you're in L.A., the liberal Hellcat itself. So it makes sense that they have Snoop coming in. And also Eminem is also a big-time liberal as well. You know, wait a second. Well, hold on a second. I mean, L.A., it doesn't matter where what city it's in. It's a, This is a global event. The NFL, the Super Bowl, that's a global brand. I don't care if they lean left. 
This is our country, man. The Super Bowl, who needs it? Who needs it? Eminem's a liberal? Big time. Does not like Donald Trump at all. What? No, he hates him. He's a few songs when he calls them out. Hold on a second. This is what Roger Goodell thinks NFL audiences of all ages are worth on a Super Bowl Sunday. These acts are far beneath him as he has already admitted that he can't repeat what Snoop Dogg raps. But he feels as if Snoop Dogg is perfect for you and yours and the professional football. And it's not as if previous Super Bowl halftime shows under Goodell's classy, dignified guidance haven't caused those who know right from wrong to ask why they've been dismissed as unworthy, disinvited, as out of step with marching. That points all of us backwards. Why under Goodell have halftime shows been diving lower and lower? And why has he allowed such uncivil performers to be attached to a championship ball game? Meanwhile... (laughs) This is amazing. Meanwhile, the classic To Kill a Mockingbird has been removed from a Washington State school's required reading list because it contains racial slurs. And Goodell, the shameless $63 million per year pandering phony, slaps stop hate and end racism along the backs of end zones and players' helmets then invites Snoop Dogg to be the star of the Super Bowl. Maybe Snoop will be granted a police escort to the stadium for his safety, of course. Officer Rivera was 22. Officer Mora was 27. Just keeping it real. Wow. What a piece, huh? What a piece. That's Phil Mushnick from the New York. You guys tell me what you think about this, and what can we do about it? This will be a national disgrace if it is allowed to go forward. A national disgrace. $63 million. Does Why doesn't Goodell... Hey, what's up with this guy? Seriously. Goodell seems like a bad guy. He's a puppet. A puppet what? A puppet. For the owners? For everybody. He's got to just appeal to... You have to understand all these... Fo- the, these owners are... A lot of them are old school guys. Oh, yes. They don't like this crap. No, they don't. The but players, though. The locker the room. the coaches. 90% of the NFL, I would say, is African-American, and he has to have their back. What are they going to – what else is he going to do? First of all, Snoop Dogg, by the way, ain't even that cool anymore. No, he's this, 50. Yeah, this stuff this stuff has been around for a long time. This crap, this, this crap has been around for a long time. NWA got big when I was in high school. So we're not – this is not barrier-breaking, but to bring it to the Super Bowl, that's weird. That's really, really weird. I mean, what? Well, you you tell me. Have we ever had these kinds of lyrics at the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I was actually looking back at some of the past performances at Janet the Super Janet Jackson. Bowl. We saw her nipple. Big deal. You had Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. She saw, sang love songs. Maroon Five. That was so. That was like Maroon Five. Twenty nineteen, they played. Yeah, Maroon I know, but they, 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 they sing about roller skating compared to this stuff. Yeah, they're terrific though. Lady Gaga, Justin Timberlake, Coldplay. All. All love songs. Bruno Mars, Beyonce. They just like to dance. I know. And now you got Snoop and Eminem. And also Kendrick Lamar will be there, who's also another uh, big-time liberal rapper. Well, it's – I don't know much about Kendrick Lamar. I don't know nothing about – I know nothing about him. I met him once, actually. He seemed like a met Kendrick? Yeah. I love Kendrick. One of my favorites. I have no idea about his music or anything like that. All right. I don't know. You guys let me know, and I think i got to revamp my whole Newsmax show tonight. I want to talk about this. That was a really good segment. Uh, well, I was just reading the guy's article. 
Know what I mean? It was a good segment. <laughs> well, thank you, Phil Mushnick. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. I'll be right. Back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. All right, I just put it up on Twitter. Message to Roger Goodell, that wimp. Uh, I got a picture of Snoop Dogg on my Twitter at Greg Kelly USA, and the message is as follows: I wonder if he will sing his song about the various "quote unquote" hoes who, according to Snoop, have disrespected him and failed him in numerous ways. This rat bastard has no business performing at the Super Bowl. Go to hell, Roger Goodell. Hashtag NFL or at NFL. Um, that'll that ought to he, he's going to start feeling the heat now. That'll do it. Now I can move on with my life. I know it's just a tweet, and that's the thing. People move on, including myself. The outrage is something you know. There are just too many damn distractions. There's just too many other things going on. You know, it used to be a person wrote a book. You wrote a book. Wow, please tell us all about your book. And you could tell a room full of 100 people how you wrote a book. Uh, now, uh, it just we've all, we're all in a bit of a hurry. Nobody has patience for anything. But I'm going to keep an eye on this one. What can we do? What else can we do? This guy is all about killing cops. He thinks that's great. He's sung so, songs to that effect. And we just lost two people at... Two cops just last week, obviously never. What do we do? What do we do? Now, NFL headquarters, I believe, is in Manhattan, right? It's on Park Avenue? Because I've seen various protests over there. Hmm. 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 What do we think here? Mario and Merrick, hello. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good. Listen, Sid and Bernie this morning, they informed me for the first time about the Snoop Dogg stuff. I served our country a year in Germany, two years stateside. I cannot believe what's going on. Do you think Joe Torrey would do this with the MLB? Goodell, go to hell. You're right, Greg. This is insane. We just lost two of our finest young 22, 27-year-old cops. Hey, let me ask you, so, yes, what, no, did, what did Bernie and Sid, uh, what, was the, what was their take? I, I missed the show this morning. What did they say? Greg, it's, it's fine. Greg, they've been talking. Your colleagues talked about the same thing you're talking about with the attitude that, what is this, crazy? What is, what, what's happening here? Hmm. Well, who is letting this happen? The guy's lyrics are about killing police. And you mentioned NWA when you were younger. I'm 60 years old, so I remember NWA and all that and Ice Cube, and they were talking about kill the police, kill the police in L.A. What's going on, Greg? Yeah, and no, you- and, and it was like, it was, it was, uh, N.W.A. was never, was never going to be, a, they almost shut them down. Remember, they'd show up and arrest those guys. It was obscene. It was considered obscene. Again, we're not prudes here. Yeah, I don't think we're uptight, but when you glorify violence against police in this environment, you have gone, obviously, way too far. Mario, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. We're going to fight this. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Phew. 
Man, that thing really uh, bothered me. Hey, why is? Did you find out about Pete Buttigieg? Why is he in the? Okay. Hey, here's that lady, very foolish woman, complaining about uh, how she's been inconvenienced by the police funeral, and then she says a whole lot of really horrible stuff. Go ahead. Do not need to shut down most of lower Manhattan because one cop died for probably doing his job incorrectly. They kill people who are under 22 every single day for no good reason, and we don't shut down the city for them. So, Well, that's a horrible thing to say, and also she's wrong. NYPD doesn't, doesn't kill a person every single day under the age of 22. It's very rare, actually. Police do not use deadly force. They're very disciplined about deadly force. Unlike the Capitol Hill cops. Unlike uh, Lieutenant Michael Byrd. I wonder how she feels about that. In some ways, in some ways. Now, look, she doesn't seem like a nice person. All right. But even people who disagree with me, I don't like them being canceled. And she didn't say anything about a theater company. She's lost her job. The theater company threw her under the bus in a heartbeat. But she's been probably pummeled by fake news for the past two years. All right? All the fake, lying crap that's out there. And by the way, promoted by big tech, corporate America, put Black Lives Matter logo on the ice rink, everything. That ultimately, you know, that's that's seeping into people's hard drive. You know, suddenly they're all going to point our finger. And now I can point my finger at her like anybody. It's a horrible thing to say, and I, I will challenge her on the fact she's absolutely wrong. And it's just a, who are we these days to whip out the phone every little inconvenience and then try to get an audience? Well, she got an audience, all right. She's uh, she's gone. Leo, I can't tell if you disagree with me or her or what. But you're calling from Garden City. How are you? Garden City, Long Island. We want to welcome people who are tuning in from around the country, by the way. Um, but Garden City is a home in the suburbs of uh, – is it's where I grew up. It's on Long Island. Hey, by the way, Joe Biden lived there for a little while. He's always telling you about uh, that hellhole Scranton, which is no hellhole. I've been there. It's fine. But anyway, Leo, where in Garden City are you? Uh, I'm in the uh, northwest corner of, uh, near Nassau Haven Park. Huh? Where? I'm in the northwest corner near Nassau Haven Park. I, gee whiz, I have no idea where that is. But uh, so you're uh, Stewart, be, uh, by Stewart Manor. Uh, north of that, it's over near uh, New Market Road in Fenimore. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's on the way on the other side of town. All right. Anyway, what's up, pal? Um, I do disagree with you. I agree with you ninety five percent of the time, Greg. But on this one, I disagree. Um. She's the face of a small company. And she has exposed views that will turn everybody off. Uh, so in no way would I, as an employer, want her on my stage. It has to do with she's be trying to become a public person. And her views, she should really just be posting Pictures of her family, and I'm so grateful to be part of this theater company. You know, Leo, that's the thing, though. I mean, you're telling her what she should be saying. You should be saying this, or else you lose your job. 
Now, I want to be clear, Leo. I disagree with her. Number one, she's absolutely wrong. Number two, it's not at all – forget nice. It's kind of disgusting to complain about being inconvenienced because of a large funeral. All those things. But guess what? You know, it could happen to you. It could happen to anybody if you find yourself on the other side. This is very unusual. She's a liberal going after cops, and she's been canceled. But this happens all the time, much more to conservatives who go against liberal and like that. And you say, you know, if the company, maybe they wanted to get rid of her anyway. You know, the mob moves on really fast. The mob moves on really, really fast. I mean, number one, let me ask you something. And I'll, I'll admit right now, I don't even know her name. Do you? No, I don't. Yeah, you see what I mean? So it's like, you know, we just, uh, we, 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 don't know, we don't know the first thing about these people. And I, I, you say she's the face of the company. Well, do you know the name of the company? She's part of a small theater. Do you know group. the name of the company? Oh, of course I don't. Yeah, I, know. I, I don't I, know her name. Right. So, you know, we, we, we get two pieces of information and then we run with it. Hey, I've done it before, but every now and then I'm like, wait, wait a second. I don't think this is the culture I want to live in. This is where this, you know, New York, you can say provocative, disgusting, dumb things, hopefully without even. I, I, I do believe that there are certain things. I I don't know. I just I'm like, I, I just. Uh, yeah, we'll have to agree to disagree. But it's it's not again that I agree with her, but I feel like bad things, bad things. This is a bad precedent. It's already been set. You know, they want to make sure that you don't go there. You don't. She went really close. They don't want you even thinking about saying anything that they might disagree with. It's about thought control, Leo. Well, the difference is I am a high level. I've been working my whole life as an operating engineer, okay? And the job I have, no matter what political views I have, don't affect my job, don't affect my company, don't affect their ability to get us another job putting up a skyscraper. Her, she is an attraction on a stage, and maybe people would come to see her, or maybe they won't. Well, you know, now you're getting into the management of the company. I have no idea, neither do you, about how the hell to throw on a Broadway show or off-Broadway show or off-off-off-Broadway show, whatever the hell this thing is. I do know this. She's going to be dealing with the ramifications of her stupid statement, possibly for the rest of her life. And you and I have don't even know her name, and we move on, and everybody else moves on, and we feel good for a moment by kicking somebody when they're down, and you know I just I, this is not this is not the country I want. This is not the country I want to be. I think we're better than that, Leo. I think you are too. But I do admire anybody who can put up a skyscraper. Gee whiz, you put up skyscrapers. How the hell do you even begin? Once you clear it out, what's the first thing you do? We're going to put up a. How do you get it so precise? And by the way, they were getting it precise like 100 years ago. You know what I mean? They get it so – they just nail it every single time. How do you do it? Uh, Well, I use a total station, and we lay every floor up plumb nice and straight, and we work with the iron workers, and we get it to within an eighth of an inch. But that's here or there. Needless to say, uh, Greg – Hey, hold on a second. uh, You and I are the – Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You say you get it to within an eighth of an inch? I was hoping it would be a bit more precise than that. An eighth of an inch. That <laughs> I could do that. Wait a second. I thought he was like we're talking like micro, micro, micro degrees that you guys get it right. An eighth of an inch is pretty damn small. 
take your fingers and go from the toilet on the first floor to the toilet on the 30th. And the pipe is straight. I don't want to touch any toilets, but uh, I'll take your no, word for it. All right. Needless to say, uh, Greg, the last thing is um, you and I lived in the same neighborhood when we were kids. We have an incredible amount of mutual friends. I'd like to give my email to your call screener. Get in touch with me. I'll send you a list. We also have a connection through the police department and my family. And uh, just so you know who I am, and I know I live on the other side of town, but it'd be nice to get in touch. I don't think we'll be doing that, Leo. I'm only kidding you. Come on. Of course I want to. Do me a favor. Uh, Leo, you're still there? We're going to get your email. And this guy yeah. sounds like he's legit. All right, Mike? Mike? All right. He's giving you the thumbs up. Leo, uh, just to tell you what I – hey, do me a favor. Mike, you got my email, right? Give this guy – go ahead and email him right away and give him my email, all right? Okay. Good deal, Leo? And just Greg, so all you right, know, Le- I graduated Chaminade 85. I don't believe it. All right. All right. Leo, we'll, we're the we'll, same we'll, age, same crap. We'll talk offline. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, I left Garden City for a reason. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with all my high school chums or some guy from the other. No, I'm only kidding. It is good. I, I'm curious who he knows and who I and who we have in common. Uh, and Chaminade is uh, that Bill O'Reilly went to Chaminade. It's the Catholic school right next door in Mineola. All right. Anything else? Is it time? No, I got one more. What? All right. Uh, hold on a second. Um, um, Joyce in Red Bank. Hello. Oh, Greg, I'm so thrilled to not only, you know, be picked up on, but to be able to share with you how much my friends and I down here adore you. We listen to your show. We watch you on Newsmax. And pretty much you're saying it as it is. I do want to comment. I love we were all watching the rally Saturday night. And, you know, this thing with Snoop and all of it. I mean, we're older, you know, but. Besides that, you're brought up a certain way, you live a certain way. Do you remember what President Trump said Saturday night? It was so touching. It brought one friend to tears. He said, our country is dying. And wasn't that some statement, wasn't it? I mean, we know the media can be the enemy of the people, but um, it's just so sad, and, and it's all money-driven. Look at Martha Stewart. She did a show on Food Network with Snoop. I mean, you know, there's no drawing the line anymore, like, oh, you're a good guy, I'll help you. Or It's just it's awful, Greg, and I think if more people listen, I don't agree with the post. They endorsed Adams. I don't know what happened there, but... For the most part, at least, you know, you know what's going on, the laptop from hell and all of that. But the average person, you know, they don't know what's going on. They watch the wrong news. You know, thank you, by the way, for everything. Joyce, I don't know if I agree with that last part. The average person does get it. They get it. Even if they're not watching the news on the edge of their seat, they're they're too busy creating and building lives. Um, I think they do get it. And that's one of the reasons why <laughs> big tech and corporate America are they seem to be so much at odds with uh, with people like you and me. They're afraid. They're afraid uh, that we get it. They don't want us to get it. So I'm not optim- I mean, I'm not pessimistic. I-, I was really fired up by that rally. And don't forget, Joyce, I know uh, you know about my journey. Faith, if you want peace, if you want joy. And I know you know this, but. 
You know, I think about that young girl who jumped out of the window. Did you hear about that on 42nd Street? Did you hear about her? Today. What? She was on the front page of the Post today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, I mean, they're 30 years old, and she went on and on about how she felt like she was too old, and and they were mean to her online, and I just, oh, boy, I wish I had... I wish I met her. You know, I wish I had crossed paths with her. I feel like all the answers she was looking for were available in the good book. I really do. And, uh, yeah, the world will always let us down, but God never will. And uh, anyway, and you know what? <laughs> Trump Trump doesn't let us down. That was an awesome rally. And I think it's even more special when you watch it live and you don't listen to somebody's summary of it. Right, Joyce? Right. And I do want to touch one more quick thing. Yeah. I know you, um, your Marine service and your, you know, your father, too. Do you ever remember I'm involved now, retired at 74, with thoroughbred aftercare? Do you ever remember the story of Sergeant Reckless? I, 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 no, 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 I don't. What, Sergeant Reckless was a thoroughbred racehorse. She was taken off a farm during the war. And she was actually um, helping the American troops take the rockets, shells, these big things. She carried weight up the hill, and she really became one of the men. And at the end, she was retired to Camp Pendleton. There's a monument there, but it's a charming book. There is a book, uh, Sergeant Reckless. I'm looking she, at her right now. Yeah. Oh, you would enjoy it. You know, Sergeant Reckless, a- there's a real horse. She lived from 1948 to 1968, a decorated war horse, held an official rank in the United States military. She was a Mongolian horse. How about this? Uh, fascinating. Thank you for telling me. I'm going to check it out. Uh, uh, she was one of the guys, huh? Oh, wow. Wow. All right. Hey, very interesting. Thank you. All right, Joyce, listen, I got to go. Uh, but thanks so much for calling, okay? Okay, take care now. Uh, great stuff there. Ooh, I do have to go. I'll be right back. dollar gold credit. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You know, um, this little Snoop, Snoop Dogg conversation that we, uh, we picked up on, I heard a little bit about it over the weekend, uh, but not that much. I saw Phil Mushnick's uh, story in the New York Post, and uh, I've always thought, not always, but Roger Goodell has not been impressing me over the past couple of years. And uh, we spoke about it, and uh, people are outraged. I am outraged, and you know what? I think there's an opportunity here to influence. I think we could get the guy removed, quite frankly, from hosting this show. He has no business. This pro-cop killer has no business appearing at the Super Bowl. Let's uh, let's turn this baby around. I'm going to come up with some specifics. NFL headquarters is right here on Park Avenue. I don't know. Even if it doesn't work, I think we got to try. I think we got to try. This is more important than whether Tom Brady is going to be back next year or not. I don't care. This would be a national disgrace. Snoop Dogg. And all he stands for, the degradation of women, the illegal drugs, or legal, I guess, now, violence, hatred of cops. Screw this guy. Hey, somebody mentioned uh, Martha Stewart. I don't think she looked up the lyrics. You know what I mean? 
You know, a lot of things, oh, Snoop, yeah, he must be, they must have checked him out. He's famous, right? I saw him in that commercial. He's all right, right? Nah, no. No. Now, I know this still, this kind of, these messages appeal to some folks, but it doesn't appeal to most of America, and it shouldn't be at the at the Super Bowl. All right. Oh, I only got two minutes. I got to get over uh, to Newsmax uh, very quickly, if you don't mind. I'm going to go through these. Uh, Mickey in New Jersey, hello. Hey, Greg. I think some of these politicians like Lindsey Graham pretend or don't like Trump because Trump makes them look a little dumb and lazy. Trump makes them look dumb and lazy? Yeah, because Trump is very smart. He's very active. He does. He gets things done. And some of these politicians, they've been in office for years and years, and they're just hardly doing anything. Well, yes, I do think there's a real personal thing going on here. You know, you see a guy who runs for president, wins the first time out. He's a billionaire, has an amazing wife, family, success, household name famous. You know, all that stuff bothers them because a lot of those guys aren't in it for public service. They're in it for the fame and the money and all that crap. Now, Donald Trump had that stuff. But if you look closely at Donald Trump, that's not why he did it, actually, throughout his life. He really and he went into politics to give back. Mickey, it's a great point. I agree with you. Rob in Suffolk. Hi. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good. Just wanted to make a comment uh, on a previous caller. To me, the shooting of Ashley Babbitt is almost like this generation's Kent State, and the media won't recognize it for that. It's a good point, and I've made it myself on Twitter. Like, there was such national outrage and an outcry, uh, Kent State, and that spot is memorialized, and the photograph is famous. A couple of weeks ago, I showed that picture on my show. Why? Why not? And it's because, well, anti-Vietnam protesting, the left agreed with it. The mainstream media agreed with it. And it's they don't agree with uh, people who like Trump. It's, it's kind of that simple. Anti-Vietnam was left. Pro-Trump is, is right, right wing, and they don't like it. Shoot, they're playing the music. Uh, very quickly, Mike in East Meadow. Hey, Greg, just want to let you know I agree with you with Snoop. He's a real piece of work. And I called the NFL headquarters, 212-450-2000, and they pick up and they put you through to, to the uh, public relations. I like problem. it. 212-450-2000? That's the one. We'll give him a call. 212-450-2000. Uh, thank you, and I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 7.